is Pastor Angela, and I just wanted to drop in and welcome you to Relate's podcast. I know that you're going to be filled with faith and encouraged for your week. We love you, and we're praying for you. Is that it's okay with us if you're checking it out, kicking the tires, giving us the once over, just saying, hey, I'm just checking it out. You don't have to sign anywhere. Someone asked me this week, where do I sign? I want to be a member. I, I'm, that thrills me. I, the more, the merrier. The more, the more we get together, the more we can do for God. That's the way I see it. But if you're here just checking it out, you want to continue to, to just, just see how it feels. You can do that as long as you like. We are thrilled. For those who are ready to jump in, um, like Pastor Angela said, you can go to Growth Track online. If this situation, if COVID has done anything for it, it's made us put everything online. So those who are watching online, almost all of our uh, small group training, growth track, everything we used to do in person, <laughs> we had to get creative and, and just film it and figure out how to get it exactly just right so we can put it online. So last thing I want to say is 21 days of prayer is so deep in our hearts. If you didn't know this, this church... God birthed this church out of 21 days of prayer. I say birth, that's a kind of a weird word to say for, for a church, but God, this church, the idea and the, the heart for this church, God put it in Angela's hearts during 21 days of prayer. And I will gladly tell you that I had that in my heart in week one and it took her till week three. That's what you got. You got to stay focused during 21 days of prayer. I thought, man, if we quit this 21 days of prayer right now, then I don't know how I'm going to start a church without her because she was not on the team yet. And so took her till week three and she was in. That's, that's proof that you just have to push in. And sometimes God has something working. And uh, we're going to continue to press in this week and see God bring the victory in so many areas, so many obstacles, so many mountains that are in the way. Three or four weeks ago, I preached a message called Moving Mountains is Messy. And sometimes it absolutely is messy. But it takes time and it takes God moving and God working and faith. So 21 days. Come to prayer meeting with us every morning, Wednesday evening, Saturdays at 9. And uh, I'm going to start real quick with our uh, theme verse. And we're going to zero in on just two words. Verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians 5. And we've been reading this every week, but words. I want you to read them with me. Uh, pray continually. Let's try that one time. Everybody, would you just say that? Pray continually. Write it in the chat if you're watching online. Pray continually. That seems hard. That seems difficult. It seems tough. It seems like, how can I pray continually? How can I not stop praying? Well, I want you to uh, jump in on a battle cry, really, that has we've adopted as a church, and it's Pray first. The series is named Pray First. But how many of you guys raise your hand if you got this bracelet right here? All right. If you haven't got the bracelet yet, it says right on it, Pray First. It's kind of incognito. But look, it's a reminder every day, every moment to keep praying. Not just uh, to pray all day long without stopping because it's, it's, you have to live life, right? You have to continue. But the, the secret that we found is that whatever we're doing, we're going to pray first. Wherever we go, we're going to pray first. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to pray first. Before I go to bed at night, I'm going to pray first. Before I eat, before I get in the car, before I make a deal, before I spend money, before I... Listen, it, here's the... Everything we do, if you'll just pray first, it keeps us 
in the presence of God. It keeps God in the middle of every situation. So the verse this week, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, says, pray in the Spirit in what? Every situation. That's another way of saying the same thing. We're going to pray in every situation. We're going to start with prayer. We're not just going to close in prayer. We're going to start in prayer. And then it says this, use every kind of prayer. Would you say that? Every kind of prayer. Every kind of prayer. Now, if you grew up like me, to me, every kind of prayer, I used to think every kind of prayer was like the kind, some people pray, some of you guys pray very differently than other people. Some of you will join hands or, or you won't join hands or you'll fold your hands or however you pray. Some of you start your prayer like, dear gracious and heavenly father, we approach you with boldness and humility like that. It's a gentle prayer. Some of you are more like, Father God right? You think that's the different kinds of, those aren't the different kinds of prayers. Those are, however you pray, if it's from your heart, that's, that's an authentic, genuine prayer. To me, it doesn't matter if it's soft, if it's silent, if it's loud, if it's deep, or if it's high pitch, those aren't different kinds of prayers. So here's our other, another resource that we have for you is the book, Pray First. It's a prayer guide. And this prayer guide gives you some model prayers, not only does Jesus teach the disciples how to pray whenever they said, teach us how to pray. John tells them, start with this. Last week, that a prayer that's really, we look at the names of God, that whole passage, all eight covenant names that God has that we can pray. There's scriptures that you can pray. And today I want to look at a specific prayer called the prayer of Jabez. And we're going to use it kind of as a template. We're not going to, we're not going to pray word for word. So when, when I give you, if I say pray uh, our Father who art in heaven, I'm not expecting you to just quote a prayer. Because just quoting something is, is a tradition that we can get in the habit of. And it's almost like a crutch because we, we, we can take our, our thoughts and our emotions out of it. And it's just like, well, if I'll just say the right words, it's like saying the magic words. That's not how prayer works. Prayer is you connecting to God in conversation, in prayer, bringing him and, and living in that atmosphere of prayer. So the prayer of Jabez, uh, we're going to look at in First Chronicle chapter 4, verse 9. But I want you to know before we even jump into that. This whole book, if you've ever tried to read, and I won't ask who has tried to read it, if you've ever tried to read First Chronicles, it's a tough read because you're getting a lot of, and so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and you get a lot of begats. It's just name after name after name after father, and his son was, and his son was, and his son. And so it's one of those chapters that's, uh, it's tough to read, especially before you go to bed, because you're trying to find context. You're trying to find, where's the story in this, right? But in the middle of all those begats, in the middle of all those begats, we get Jabez, and it slows down enough to tell us a little bit about Jabez. So it went, in the middle of all the begats, there was something significant about Jabez enough to say, this is the prayer he prayed. 
Then he prayed a prayer so significant that in the middle of genealogy after genealogy, it slowed down and said, this is important enough in generations. In 600 names, we need to tell you about this guy and what he did. That's incredible that someone could say a prayer, not only that was so, so special, but God answered it. And we'll see that in a minute. So Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And if you go look at the, the, the meaning of the name Jabez, in, in those times people named their kids for specific reasons. And a lot of times these days we get names that have no, make no sense. We just like the way it sounds. But she named her son Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And his name, the word Jabez, literally means giver of pain. Like pain bringer. If that was your name, that, that kind of sounds like a WrestleMania character. Or like that sounds like somebody you might want to be if you were uh, not just living your life for God. Pain bringer. Pain giver. And so Jabez cried out to the God of Israel and he says this prayer after having been named something so horrible and labeled something so offsetting to people, right? But that's not quite that unusual. How many of us have been called names? How many of you have been called names and been spoken over you by leaders and by by teachers and by parents and grandparents and called, you're such a loser. You're such a, you, you'll never amount to anything. A lot of us have those words spoken to us and we carry them for a long time. You may have been called something. You may, you may have been named something, but part of the promise of this prayer is that you don't have to, you don't have to carry that name around. You don't have to hold that label for the rest of your life. You can become the person that God wants to be. And so watch what has done. Prayer and four things, and then we're gonna we're gonna unpack those four things for the rest of the message. So if you're taking notes, you can write them down. But this is our key verse. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from what? Isn't that incredible? He's praying these four things. But he's also speaking to his own identity and saying, I don't want to be this thing that I've been called and labeled and that, that, that before I ever had a choice, this is who I was. This is the person I became. I don't want to be that person anymore, but I'm asking you for four things. And then what does it say? What, 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 what's the final line there? God granted his request. And I'll say this real quick before we move on. In the midst of prayer, 21 days of prayer, in the midst of calling out to God and making requests and, and, and all the different types of prayer, it's amazing that if you'll pray God's will and pray things that are in line with God's will, if you'll pray things that God desires, it's amazing how he will fulfill and grant those prayers because they're in line with his agenda. So here's the hard part of prayer. You have to figure out how to separate your agenda and God's agenda. And more, better, even better than that is if you can put those two things together and make your agenda God's agenda. And then you're not just, well, Pastor Sean said I could pray and now I'm going to go run down to the gas station to buy a lotto ticket. Like that's not, that shouldn't be our strategy for prayer. 
Our strategy for prayer should not be, God, you said if I ask for it, now I'm asking just one Ferrari, just one. I'll, I'll be happy with one. Like that, that's not the way that we approach God in prayer. We approach God in prayer by saying, I want to be in God's agenda. I want to be in line with God's purpose so that whenever I'm praying, I'm praying God's will. So let's look at that first one. Oh, that you would bless me. That this is not asking God to help me win the lottery. This is asking God to bless me for a reason. And so number one is just that, simple. Pray for blessing. You might be thinking, well, that's awfully selfish, Pastor Sean. If, I, if, I, if I'm just going to pray for blessing. No, there's a reason why I should be praying for blessing. There's a reason that God wants us to pray for blessing. Time and time again, the blessing of the prophet, the blessing of the teacher, Jesus blessed his disciples for a reason. Not just so that they would have a good life and have a big house and be able to make more money and be more comfortable. There's a reason. There's a purpose for it. So... The idea is that God has more for you. God has something bigger. The Bible says that his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. So when we approach him, we're like, we're saying, God, I know you're bigger than me. I want what you have. That's praying for blessing. That's financial. I believe that God wants you to be blessed. And I'm just going to stop right here and say, I don't believe that this is just the name it and claim it and believe that God wants you to be blessed beyond all things. Because listen, there's times when Paul wrote most of the New Testament from prison, right? There's times when we have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but we're still praying for God's blessing. We talked about this in the last couple of weeks, that in the, in the presence of my enemies, he prepares a table for me. It's, it's almost like a, 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 an idea mind shift or uh, our perspective needs to change that I can be suffering in comfort. Paul was in prison and suffering, but God had put him into a place where he was glad. He was thankful. He was rejoicing. So I believe God wants to bless your finances for a reason, not just so that you can have a bigger house. I believe he wants to bless your health. I believe he wants you to be healthy. I, I believe he can bless you with ideas. He can bless you with favor. He can bless you with direction. He can bless all kinds of things he can bless us with. But it's not just so that I can have more money than you. It's not just so that my bank account can be bigger than yours. We have, we have such a stigma attached to blessing. I hope you all are hearing me right now. That we almost won't ask God for blessing. Because we, we get so caught up in this idea that, oh, well, you know, I can't ask for God for blessing. And that's... The pastor can't ask for an offering or the pastor can't ask for people to be blessed because our first thought goes to, well, we know people who have taken advantage of the church. We know people who have taken advantage of people. But hear me when I say God wants you to be blessed. And here's, let me show you what Psalm says. Psalms 18.35. You give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. And watch this verse. I love, I love what it says right here. You stoop down to make me great. This idea that God has something bigger for me. God has a better life for me. So you can sit back and say, well, this is just the lot I've been given. And these are the cards I've been dealt. This is the, light I, the life I have to live. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to keep walking every footstep 
ahead of the next saying, God, I know you have a bigger, better life for me, and I'm going to go find it because there's, there's a purpose behind it. And I'm going to show you what that purpose is. I've had, I had two people this week, two different people that I met this week, and, and they both asked in different conversations, how did your church grow so fast? So this church is two and a half years old, and in, in the 12 months preceding COVID, this church went from an average attendance, our average attendance doubled, 100% growth in 12 months. And they said, how did you do that? How did, and I said, I would love to say that it's because I'm an amazing preacher. <laughs> I would love to believe that more people come to relate because they want to hear me preach, but I know that's absolutely not true because most of the time, I don't want to hear me preach. I know it's not that. I love to preach. I love to, to be with you guys in ministry, but God's doing something bigger than me. I absolutely believe that God's doing something bigger than me. It's bigger than anyone who steps up onto this stage or in front of the stage or sings on the stage or gets online and talks or has a small group or does an outreach or you name the thousand things that we're involved in. God's doing something bigger than us. I spent the first 25 years of my life, this is how I know that God's working in me and doing something in me that's bigger than me because I spent the first 25 or so years of my life and I'm not joking, so many awkward conversations of people saying to me, hey, why are you so quiet? What's wrong? What's wrong? What? You're not saying anything. And so let me speak for all of you guys who are total introverts and just tell you sometimes when people are quiet, nothing's wrong. They're just quiet. Sometimes people just don't have anything to say. <laughs> That's the life I live. My wife doesn't believe that. She thinks I'm lying. She thinks if I'm quiet, then something's wrong. <laughs> but at about 25 or 26, God really, something just like an engine started inside of me. And God started changing me. And I, I, I said, God, whatever you want me to be, I'll be. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whoever you want me to be with, I'll be with those people. If you want to take people away from my life, take them. I was 100% submitted, and my, I would say my personality started to change. My outlook, my, I, I became more of an extrovert, although there are lots of times when I'm just happy to leave me alone. <laughs> my wife says I never noticed the awkward moments. I, actually, I kind of embraced the awkward moments. I'm okay with the, with the awkward moments of silence and but I went from people telling me, what's wrong? Why are you so quiet? To all of a sudden, people started telling me, like, uh, every day, all people who have known me my whole life, man, you've changed. <laughs> I joke about that with people now sometimes. Man, you've changed. You've changed your mind. But I absolutely changed. And even sometimes my family tells me, what's This is 12 growing the vision and growing the goals so that we can keep doing what God's called us to do. Change more lives. See more people change. See, I, I, I love the ideas. They just, they've never stopped coming. And right now, this space over here is all vision, but it's, it's coming into focus. It's coming into focus. I, I told you guys about a month ago, we have not done a fundraiser other than me telling you, I haven't even given you a number yet. We, we're going to have to come up with some money so that we can put down 
so we have some upfront costs, some closing costs, and some construction costs. And I, I, I've only told a couple people, I think we're going to have to, outside of tithes and offerings, we're going to have to come up with somewhere in the neighborhood of about $30,000. That's the first time I think on Sunday morning I've set that number. So far in the last 14 days, uh, a handful of you have come to me, some in this room and some in, that are not in this room, people that don't even go to our church have come up to me and said, Pastor Sean, I love what you're doing. I want to help you get into that building. And so I want to give you a check that's outside of tithe and offering. And right now we've already raised about $7,500. That's incredible. Towards 30000 God has shown up in so many ways, and, and my, my, my challenge to you is that he will give you more than you need, not just to help this church, but to help you help other people. All of us know people who are hurting, but the question is, do, we have the, do you have the vision? Or really, vision is just what you see. Or do you just see what happens in your life? Is your prayer request, is your 21 days of prayer time, is that focused on your top 10 needs and of all your prayer needs or all those on you? Because if that's what your prayer needs are, you need to reevaluate what you're praying about. The best prayers you can pray are for other people. I'm telling you. I pray God fills this building with people. Somebody asked me, how many people you think can fit in this building? I know that my ideas of how many people can fit in this building are probably a lot different than your ideas of how many people can fit in this building. <laughs> but I said, we got to get past wearing masks and COVID and all that first. So we just got to keep praying God to heal our land. And then we can fit a lot. <laughs> Let me show you the next, the next one. And it's, it, it, it's just really the, the, the natural next step of God bless me so I can bless others. And that is the next verse says, enlarge my territory. What does that mean? What, what is my territory? Most of us don't have a fence line that we go out and check our territory every day. The, enlarge my ter territory, God. That's like, it, that's, that's literally saying, God, enlarge my influence. The people that I'm able to influence, the people that I'm able to point toward you, God, enlarge that space. And John Maxwell said that influence, is, leadership is influence. Simple. Plain and simple, that leadership is influence. And so when we're asking God to expand our territory, we're saying, God, help us to reach more people. Help us to help more people. Bless me so I can be a blessing and help me do it to more people. So number two, write this down. Pray for influence. Let me just say that the prayer of Jabez, this model of prayer, you can say it, you can say it in 30 seconds. God bless me. God bless this day. Give me influence. Or you can pray it in an hour, 30 minutes. You can, you can pray and take time on each space and pray for blessing and how you're being blessed and how you would like to be blessed, how you want to bless other people, praying for vision. So number two, pray for influence. We want God to increase our ability to influence this world and influence the people around us. Stretch me, God. Expand my tent pegs. Like, open up my ability to see the world around me and impact it. I'll ask each of you guys a question that I think it, it, it really speaks to your ability to be stretched. And, and this is a, I don't want you to answer out loud. 
when you look at your life, when you look at the landscape of your life and the people in your life and the stuff in your life, what do you not like about your life? For some, it's easy to say, Pastor Sean, you don't know how lonely I am. I'll repeat what I said last week. If you're, if you're lonely in life and you feel isolated, you're doing life wrong. Somebody told me that about five years ago, and it absolutely changed my ministry. It changed our family. It changed. We embraced the idea that if we're lonely and feeling isolated, even in marriage, we're doing it wrong. I think you're, you, you, you have to realize that there is a better way. But if you look at your life and don't like what you see, you need to have your territory enlarged. You need to have God expanding your vision and expanding your ability to connect with other people. We have a hundred TV shows about plastic surgery and about, I need to change my life in this way and I need this for my life and I need this. You can change your outlook. You can change the landscape of your life just by taking your eyes off yourself and saying, okay, God, what do we want to do today? How do we want to affect the world around us today? If you look at your life and you feel like your, your life is not everything it's cracked up to be, if you're having a tough time looking at next week or next year and saying 2020 is so crazy, I don't know if I can do this for another year. I don't know if I can do this for another month. I don't know if I can do this for another week. Or Why should I even wake up tomorrow and do this? A lot of times our focus is so on us. If you'll take your focus off of you and see what that God's trying to use you to influence and impact and point other people towards a better life, the happiest people in this world are people who are following purpose. The happiest people on, on the planet are people who are living for a purpose, living for the reason they were made. I feel like we talk about that too much. <laughs> I always try to find a way to talk to you about purpose because I believe that you were made with a purpose and your life will not be fulfilled until you find out what that purpose is and start living it. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 118. I pray also that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You, were, you are called. We, I don't like to use the word calling because it's kind of churchy. You have a calling. That means God has said, hey, I'm calling you. Jason, God's calling you to something. You find what that something is and you start walking toward it. Your life is different. Your life means more. But watch this. The very next part of that in verse 18. To the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. The thing that he's called you to is your inheritance. The thing that he's called to his calling that he's put on you is your in your glorious inheritance in the saints. But do you know what that inheritance is? You know what that calling is? Here's the scary part. It's not about you at all. <laughs> That's almost like having the rug pulled out from under you, right? It's like saying you're special, you're important, but it's not about you at all. But that's what makes us take our eyes off of us and say, okay, God, what do you want me to live for? Oh, you want me to live for other people. And when we start living for other people, it takes away the loneliness. It takes away the, the isolation and brokenness of feeling like I don't matter for anything. 
and I can't connect to anybody. We need each other. That's why small groups is vitally important to us. Sure, it hurts to get close to... Well, Pastor Sean, I've been around other people and they hurt. You won't believe what somebody did to me. I absolutely will believe what... You probably wouldn't believe what people have done to me. But when you get into a small group, that's what happens. You start telling your story. You start realizing we kind of all have the same story. And it only takes a few weeks for you to think, I thought that I was the weird one. I thought that I had this crazy story. But in fact, everybody kind of has this story. Real quick, your inheritance is not stuff, it's people. Psalm 2, 8 says, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possession. It's not about stuff. You can't take any of that with you, but we can all go to heaven together. So here's your prayer. Lord, show me your purpose for my life so I can live a life bigger than my own. I'm going to go really quickly through the next part. Let your hand be with me. That's the third part. Let your hand be with me. That's number three. Pray for presence. Pray for the presence of God in your life. If you're not in the presence of God in your life, you can try with all of... The Bible says unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. That means I can't just go to work building the church. I need the presence of God. That means when we started this church, people said, no, nah, you shouldn't... You, we set our launch day from my house, just meeting and having little church, to go into big church in the movie theater. And I said, we're going to start. It was right after Hurricane Harvey. And a lot of people said... Ah, you need to wait till after her. Like, get away from Hurricane Harvey. That way you can raise money without having to worry about... We were trying to launch a church and nobody had any money because their whole house was destroyed. And I said, God, I don't need a pros and cons list of when's the right time to start a church. I need the presence of God to show up every day and we're going to go wherever he says. Hey, just don't try to make COVID. And I said, well, we got pros and cons. Sure. There's a lot of cons on that list, but the presence of God showing up every day and opening doors and saying, hey, go this way. Let's go this way. You in cons list. You need the presence of God in your life. Pray for protection. This is probably the scariest part of this. That if you're not doing something for God, if you don't take the presence of God with you, the enemy don't care about you. If you're not doing, if you're not living for God, he doesn't care. We don't like to talk about the devil. And, and I like to say this, though, that God has a plan for you, but the devil also has a plan for you. You can choose whichever you like. One works a whole lot better than the other. But if you don't have, the moment you decide, well, I'm going I'm to put my family in order. We're going to start going to church. We're going to start living for God. It's almost like the, 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 the devil wakes up and says, oh, 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 we got a game on. Game on. Get him. That's why you got to wake up and say, God, I need your presence. I need your blessing. I need to influence people. But while I'm at this, I need you to protect me. It's almost like the, the football player. If you're running down the field with the ball and, and, and you're, you're in the middle of a play and nobody's trying to stop you, you might be running the wrong way. If you're not locking horns with the devil sometimes, you might be on his team. Uh-oh. <laughs> you 
got to have the protection of the Lord on your life. 1 Peter 5 says the devil's like a, lo- a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Remember, his name is pain. He was named pain giver. He says, protect me. Keep me from evil that I might cause pain. Sin causes pain. Evil causes pain. The devil will cause you pain. And and you will cause pain to everybody around you. I want you to pray that, that, that the prayer of Jabez, but blessing and influence we we have to get to a place where we are plugging into prayer every morning I want to say a prayer in closing right now for, for those of you who you've listened to everything I have to say and you might be the one that feels like you're, you're still carrying around that pain the pain of sin, the pain of the world the pain of life That's you. Today, whether you're watching online or sitting in this room, I'd like to say a prayer with you where in a moment, in just a decision and a confession out of your mouth, you can change in a moment. The direction of your life can be changed. You can switch teams. Say, God, I want to be on your team. If you feel like you're far from God, if you feel like you're living that life that's broken, let's make a change today. Maybe today's the day where things change. I'm not saying it'll be easy. I'm saying that the decision is easy. And then we have to walk it out. We have to follow the Lord the rest of our lives, but the decision, the the ownership of our life changes hands. Where we say, God, you bought my life, you paid for it with the blood of Jesus on a cross 2,000 years ago, and so today I'm going to give you my life. That's what that prayer is. So today, if you're in the room, you want to say that prayer with me, I I invite you to do just that. I'm going to ask every person, would you just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are? Those of you who are watching online, if you're, if that's you, you want to be included in that prayer. I want you to say these words that we're about to pray together. If you're sitting in this room with nobody looking around, I believe that part of that confession is you, you being willing to say, God, I need you. With nobody looking around at you, if you're saying, I want to be included in that prayer, would you just raise your hand up right now real quick? Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? I feel far from God today, but I want to be right in his presence. Thank you. More hands going up. This is my favorite part of our service because your life's about to change. Anybody else? Pastor Sean, include me in that prayer. Thank you. Wow. 
I'd like to ask everybody, would you say these words after me? Would you repeat after me? Let's say it together so nobody's praying alone. Dear Heavenly Father, today I give you my life. I believe you sent your son to die on a cross to pay for my sin. So today, come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me of my sin. And change me forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Into our podcast this week. We would love to meet you sometime. You can get all the details at www.relatecommunity.com. Pastor Sean and I are praying for you and we're speaking life over you and we know that your best days are ahead. See you soon.